0: Hello, 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 welcome back to the Lavender Woman's podcast, y'all, it's season three. We ain't here, like I can't, I, I can't even because I cannot believe that it's season three. This is, it, it leaves me speechless. It has been such an amazing journey. So much growth has come from um, the past two seasons and I'm so excited to be here with you guys with the first episode in season three but did y'all catch that we have new music did did y'all realize that did you did you see that it was new? okay so listen i'm going to tell you about my amazing husband real quick so when i first started the podcast i told him i wanted original music and he went out and got a beat machine or whatever it's called that you make music on and he produced the music that I used in season one and two. And I wanted something new for season three because I feel like we're headed into a new direction. And, you know, when things are changing all around you. OK, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Shout out to him for just being amazing, for being multifaceted. It's nothing that he can't do. Um He's the type of person where he figures it out. And I love him for that because he takes the time to make sure that we're good over here at the Lavender Woman's podcast. So love you, bae. You're the mess. But what y'all been up to since the podcast has been on hiatus? Have you been drinking your water? I, I hope you've been getting your ounces in. Have you been minding the business that pays you? Have you? Hmm? And there are exceptions to the rule when we are each other's business. But for the most part, have you been minding the business that pays you? There's a week left of summer. There's exactly one week left of summer. Have you been finalizing your Healing Girl Summer goals? I I need to know these things because the Healing Girl Summer series was such a hit. It has been the most downloaded um, two episodes out of all of the episodes to date. And it was just well received. The response was... Just something that I couldn't not have imagined when I recorded it. And it seemed to really I don't know, it seemed to really touch a lot of people where they were in their lives at that current time. So are you are you doing what we suggested in the in the series? Hmm? Have you been minding your thoughts? Did you go to therapy? How was it? Was it healing? Did it did it provide some some closure in some areas in your life that maybe you needed that? Did you make a budget? Sis, what do your coins look like on this day? Did you do the things that you said you would do? Did you go to church? Hmm? Did did you purge? Did we do the things? Because the things are important. The things were the work that needed to be done. Did we do the work? Did we do the things that we said we would do? We have to be women who, when we say we're going to do something, we actually do it. So, I hope that the areas of our lives that needed attention got our attention. And, like I said in a previous episode, it's not enough just to listen to information that could help us, but to actually implement it into our lives. That's something that we'll be diving deeper into this season as well. But with this being the first episode of season three, and I've just been in deep prayer and deep meditation and. I feel that God has placed this on my heart that we are headed into a season that may seem to be a season of uncertainty. So I feel that this episode is timely because I just really feel it. I feel it on my heart. I feel it in my spirit that we're going to be coming up against some things in this season. But not to worry. Like you're equipped to handle it. You got this, sis. You have a group of women who are rallying around you to help pull you through. You have God's love, his grace, his mercy, his favor on your life. I mean, what else do you need? That's everything that you need. What else do you need? So because this has been so heavy on my heart, and this is what I feel that we are going to need in this season to help us navigate, this episode is going to be... A combination of me sharing a very personal story. I'm also gonna be venting about how life got them hands. I I told y'all, life got them hands. Life will like beat you down to the ground and step over you and keep it moving to the next person. So I'm gonna vent a little bit about that. And then I'm gonna give us one tip today. Can y'all believe it? It's not three, it's not five, it's one. I want to give us one thing that I feel that we need to pay attention to in this season. And it's not even really a tip. It's just something that you'll know it when you see it. So that's what we have lined up for this episode. So without further ado, the name of this episode is You Were Graced for This. In season one of... The podcast, like the very first, the initial episode, I pretty much explained that a lavender woman is a woman who is becoming more refined, more grace filled, and more graceful. So, the topic being you were graced for this is perfect for who we're trying to become and some of the things that we may come up against. Many of you. Don't know what I'm about to say, because if you don't know me personally, you would not have a clue. But in season two, I'm just going to be really, really blunt. I'm going to be just really. (laughs) yo. life was tore up from the floor up. I don't know how else to explain it. I don't know how I can't word it more um, elegantly. I don't know how to say it in a way that can really, really describe to you what a hot mess my life was during season two. And I was doing the work. I don't want you to think that I wasn't doing the work, but sometimes when you're doing the work, it seems like that's when the most comes up against you because you are so passionately pursuing the work that you need to do in your life. So season two was pretty much a hot mess. I was wrestling with so many things, my health being one, Um, I have so many health issues that I'm not even going to name them because I don't even like speaking them over my life. Like when I say them, it's just like I don't even want to say that that's connected to me. But just know that the doctors say that I have some health issues. I'm not claiming those health issues over my life because I know that my God is a healer and that he can restore my body, I know that for sure, but just know that the doctors that that man says that I have some significant health issues, and during that time in season two, you know, I was seeing them become um, a little bit more aggressive, and I was really battling with certain parts of my health because it was just becoming a bit challenging from day to day also during season two, I was. And I'm not afraid to admit this. I was becoming really impatient with God because I am. So we know how things come to an end of a season. That's a relationship. That's a, you know, particular period in our time where everything has a season. And I feel like I'm at the end of the season at my job. My job is more stressful. Like my full-time job is more stressful than anything else in my life currently. And it's like, God, you, I know you want more from my life. I know I'm destined for great things. I know you want greater for me. Can you move me, please? And I'm waiting to hear his voice. I've already had a conversation with my husband about like, listen, this is just becoming too much. I can't do this type of stress. I need out. And so me trying to be obedient and patient and listening for God's voice has me just a little irritable because it's like, God, I'm doing the work. I'm doing kingdom work. I am living my life to the best of my ability that mimics your word. What am I not doing? Can, can you move me from please? God, I, I'm destined for great things. And I know you have greater lined up for me. I'm just waiting on you, sir, so we can get this ball rolling. I'm waiting on you so we can put this car in gear and roll on up out of here. So I was dealing with the frustrations of just being ready to move into the next chapter, but being obedient and waiting to hear God's voice. But that has me kind of stressed. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you about it. Thankful that I have a job because I know so many people would love to trade places with me. But at the same time, you have to know the call that's on your life. And you have to understand that everything in our life plays a role. And that particular role that, that Thing played in my life is up. The time is up. I'm just waiting for the next door to open because my God is such a gentleman that He opens doors for me. So I'm just I'm I'm waiting and I'm my patience. I'm restoring my patience and I'm, I'm being. I'm gonna be patient because what He has in store for me is better than anything that I could set up for myself or that I could line up for myself or that I could finesse my way into or I can talk my way into. Know what He has in store for me. Nothing can compare to that. So i um, Falling back into my word, and I'm just I'm waiting. I'm being patient, but I'm not just sitting there and doing nothing. I'm still doing the work while I'm waiting. I'm networking. I'm taking, you know, these um, online um, like webinars to get more information about what it is, and I'm trying to pursue. I'm doing the work. I'm not just sitting here saying, "Okay, God, whenever you get ready, I'm ready, boo. Let's do this." No, I'm doing the work while I'm waiting. If my health and the frustrations of my full-time was not enough, my grand- my husband's grandmother passed away. And that was a, a real blow to his family because he grew up much like I did and his grandmother was in the home with him his entire childhood. So she's always been an intricate part of his life. And we were so fortunate enough to... To be able to see her before she passed away. We um, traveled back home on a Friday to see her. And she passed away um, Sunday morning. So that was a blow. You know just making sure that he felt supported during his grieving process. And his friends were so amazing. They showed up for him. Exactly how friends should show up when you're going through something like that. And we were just maneuvering through many different emotions. And. It was rough because um typically when you lose the grandmother of the family you know typically that's the matriarch of the family that's that's the head and that's the glue that keeps everything together so there were a lot of emotions that came out of that but he's doing great um we take it one day at a time we we have conversations we're open about how we're feeling and i was just like okay all right, I see what's happening here. My, my health is being attacked. My peace of mind is being attacked, you know, through my job. And now death has come. And that's uh, attacking the emotional state of my family. All right, what what else could possibly happen? And the thing about <laughs> there's always something else that can happen. And so when I tell you season two for me was a real season of being stretched, So many things happened that I can't, I can't really comprehend. Like I tried to write notes for this episode and I just, I really couldn't. I felt like it was something that just needed to flow um, from my heart. So if I seem like I'm all over the place, maybe because I am a little bit, um, but season two was rough for so many different reasons and so many legitimate reasons. And if all of that wasn't enough, because Remember, life got them hands and life is always ready to kick your tail. My oldest daughter became ill. And at first, you know, because I've been a, a mama for a minute now, I don't get excited or worked up when my children are not feeling well. Um, I've been doing this for a minute. I, I think I have a good grasp on it. And I think I do a pretty good job. So I don't get worked up. I don't jump to conclusions. I'm never... I never overreact when they're not feeling well, but I could look at her and tell that she was not well. And the difference between how I handle my children in situations like that versus how I was handled in situations like that. So I'm going to give you a backstory to the story. Okay. Growing up in the country, there was no such thing as going to the doctor because like my grandmother and her mother, they were considered like. Healers, they will pray over you. They will anoint you with oil. And her mom, especially, was like the healer in um in our area. And she was like the person that everyone went to when they were sick. And I mean, people have attested to the fact that she had true like healing capabilities. And I wasn't here. She passed away before I was born. But it's just something that has lingered in my family for generations to generation. So. Whenever I became ill, it was no such thing as going to the doctor. My grandmother would anoint you with some oil. She'll pray over you and send you to bed. Whatever the case may be, she'll boil you a ginger root. She'll have some onions in a sock and tell you to put it on your forehead. Whatever the case may be, but you weren't going to the doctor. She always had some Father Johns on deck. Only my country people know, but Father John is. It's like castor oil. It is horrible. It's horrible. You would almost rather die than to take castor oil. She always had some cod liver oil on hand. It was just so many remedies that she had. She kept an aloe vera plant. So if we ever got burned, you went to the back porch, you broke the plant, you put it on there, and you went and you sat down. But there were certain circumstances where I really was sick. And none of those you know, healing regimens or healing remedies that she had were fight. and I can remember a time when my cousin Marcus pushed me off my bicycle and I fell and my hand bent backwards all the way and it broke through my fingers then I ran in the house and I'm crying grandma my hand hurt my hand hurts and she was just like okay she went and got popsicle sticks y'all popsicle sticks and an ace bandage and wrapped my hand up and told me to go lay down I woke up the next morning. First of all, that thing ached all night. I have never experienced aching the way that my hand ached all night. I woke up the next morning. My hand was black and blue and was swollen like I was an extra character on the movie The Clumps. So then she took me, you know, she took me to the emergency room. They're like, Yeah, she broke three fingers, and I'm looking at her like, for real? And she was like, Oh, I didn't think they were broken. And it's just like, for real? And then there was another time I was sick, and she wouldn't take me to the emergency room because it was a Sunday. And I had to lead a song at church because it was youth Sunday. And so I literally had to go to church. I had to sing the song, and then she took me to the emergency room. Y'all, that was my sophomore year of high school. I was in ICU for almost a week, okay? That's how sick I was. Like, I was real deal sick, and they just wasn't trying to hear it. So... I don't know what the statute of limitations are or on like child neglect or whatever, but I just want everyone listening. You know, if we have any attorneys, any, you know, legal consultants listening, my grandmother has since passed away. So I believe that kind of, you know, is a one-up on the limitation, um, the statute of limitations. And I just don't have time for any legal proceedings. I would never press charges against my grandma. I love her dearly, Um, but that's just how I was raised. So, ooh, so we have an honorary tip because it makes sense to kind of add it here. Listen to your children when they say they don't feel well. Those kids not crazy. They know when something feels off. They know when something doesn't feel right. They are not crazy. So that's the difference between my upbringing and how um, how we are deciding to rear our children. So I could look at her and tell she wasn't well. I took her to the urgent care Um, for the affiliate children's hospital in my area I'm thinking she has strep throat she kept complaining that her throat was so sore that she couldn't even swallow water so I'm thinking strep antibiotics she'll feel better in two days boom we'll be back to normal so we get to the urgent care and they immediately test her for strep because I mean she literally couldn't swallow she could barely turn her neck it was just really bad and strep came back negative and I'm like I'm going to need you to run that again because clearly she has strep. What else could it be? She can't swallow. Is strep. Can you run it again? And they're like, no, we ran it for the most common strands and all of them came back negative. This is not strep. And so you're kind of sitting there like, okay, so what is it? So the nurse practitioner and the doctor gave her a very thorough um, neck exam. And they kind of looked at me as they were feeling her neck. And they said, mom, how long has this been here? And I said, how long has what been there? And they told, they motioned for me to come over. And I did. And they placed my hand on her neck and they pressed it and I could feel something. And they said, how long has that been there? And I immediately said, I, I don't know. I, I, I never knew something was there. And so the doctor left out of the room. We were in there with the nurse practitioner and he came back in. and He was like, you need to see an ear, nose and throat specialist immediately. And now this was a Wednesday night. So I'm like, immediately, like, wh- what are you talking about? Why do we need to go to a specialist? And he was like, this is something way bigger than strep throat. Okay. And so I'm sitting there. Just feeling like, what now? Like, God, our family has already been experiencing so many struggles and we've been under so much stress. What's going on? So they called to the hospital. They made the appointment for Friday. So we just had to get through Thursday. My child could not swallow water. And this just came out of the blue. So she was pretty much just surviving off of popsicles, you know, for those three days. And we went to the hospital on that Friday. We were there for five and a half hours. They ran so many tests on my baby. They took so many blood samples. They took so many images of her throat and her neck that I just felt like, what is going on? Why why have we been here so long? What are you guys not telling me? And so finally, the doctor comes back in the room and he's just like, your child needs to have throat and neck surgery. And I said, surgery? And he said, yes, this will be a three-hour procedure. She has a cyst, a very large cyst in her throat that's connected to a bone. And we have to remove the cyst and the bone. My daughter immediately, like instantly started crying. My husband got up to console her. And I just, I was sitting in the chair. I felt the floor move from beneath my feet. I felt the room begin to spin around me and I felt the wind get knocked out of me. And I was saying, God, I'm doing my best. Our family has been in a struggle season. What? How did this happen? How did we get here? What is happening? And I was so overwhelmed from the news. I, I couldn't even cry because my daughter was crying so uncontrollably and he was trying to console her. And I was just like, is surgery the only option? And he said, yes, ma'am, surgery will be the only option um, for her to feel better, to get this out of her throat so that she can feel better. So that was in July. Okay. I mean, this was literally like the beginning of July, which was like the middle, maybe the beginning. Yeah. The beginning of season two. And what you guys don't know is that I showed up every week and I recorded this podcast and I poured my heart into it. What you guys don't know is that while my family was going through the stress of me not being in the best of health, me being overwhelmed with my job situation, my husband's grandmother passing away, and now my daughter having to have a very serious surgery, the people still needed me. People still depended on me. People still called me and asked me for advice. People still leaned on my wise counsel. I was still responsible to show up for the people in my life. And I was going through. No one really understood how much I was going through. And I was just sitting around just watching everything around me. And it was so many days that I just wanted to break down and cry. It was was so much to deal with. So I want you to understand the timeline because this was the beginning of July when um, we got this news. The first available date at the hospital for surgery was not until September 5th. So from July until September 5th, my child was on a soft foods diet. Um, She was on pain meds and an antibiotic to try to get the inflammation down in her throat and just try to help with the pain so that she could actually swallow food. She lost weight during that time. She was scared and anxious during that time. Her anxiety was through the roof because she's never experienced anything like this in her life. So from July to September, I still went to work. I still mothered my children. I still was a wife to my husband. I still showed up for my friends. I still produced excellent And efficient and accurate work on my job. I was still all the things that I was with everything happening in my life. And it was rough. So we are 13 days post-surgery. Yeah, my daughter had her surgery 13 days ago. And we were sitting in the hospital um, waiting for her to have her surgery. She had her surgery on the third day of school. So then that was another like roadblock because she only went to school for two days. And that made her anxious because it's like, I'm going to miss school. When I come back, it's going to be like, I never went. She was just really overwhelmed, which is to be expected. She is a teenager. She's never been through anything like this. When I tell y'all we were going through, we were going through. So she had the surgery on the third day of school. Um, I was sitting in the, when we were waiting for them to take her back and I had my, 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 oil and I was anointing her neck with oil and I was thanking God in advance for what he was going to do. I was thanking him in advance for guiding the surgeon's hands. I was thanking him in advance for the testimony that was going to come out of her surgery. I remind us all the time on the platform to speak what it's not as if it is. So I had already spoken victory over my child. I had already spoken complete healing and restoration over my child. What else was I supposed to speak? I could not have a spirit of fear when my child was going into a three hour surgery and she was literally going to have her neck and her throat cut up. I couldn't have a spirit of fear. I had to have a warrior spirit, a ferocious spirit, a victorious spirit in order to help navigate her through the uncertainty of that surgery. So during the surgery, we're in the waiting room. Um, My husband and my mom, they've went in, you know, to the cafeteria and they've gotten food and I'm just sitting. I can't eat. I can't drink. I'm just focused. I'm steady watching the board with her number on it just to see, you know, the different stages of the surgery they were in. And they were supposed to call us and update us every hour from the operating room. And by hour two, we had not received a call. I went to the nurse's station and I'm, I'm being calm. And I'm like, ma'am, I, I really don't want to bother them. I understand they're performing a surgery on my child, but they promised me they would call me every hour. It's been two hours and no one has contacted me. And she's like, I'm sorry, let me call into the operating room. So she did, she called in and one of the nurses came to the phone and she was like, I'm very sorry that no one contacted you. She was like, but we had run into a slight, problem that we were trying to figure out. So, that's the last thing you need to hear when your child is laying on an operating table with her neck and throat open. A problem. What What do you mean a problem? And she said because they had run all these tests and the type of cyst that they thought it was, once they got inside, it didn't look like that type of cyst. That type of cyst has a very common look they usually all look alike and once they got in it looked nothing like the cyst that they had told me that it was so the surgeon called pathology into the operating room pathology had to take a look at it and then they had to make the decision do we still want to take this bone out of this young girl's neck is this something that we want to do are we sure that this is the type of cyst that if we don't take the bone it's going to come back it's not going to come back what do we do here because they were uncertain they took the bone because it was a higher risk to leave the bone and then to have to go back in and take it. So my 15-year-old daughter literally was cut open and she had a cyst and a bone removed. And we were concerned about mobility. We were concerned about just so many things that would affect her life because she's so young and she still has a full life ahead of her. And it's like, Okay, and she hung up, she got off the phone and she's like, everything is okay. I promise we'll call you back soon. So I'm sitting in there, hour three comes and it's like, okay, like what's going on? I went back to the nurse's station for her to inquire. And as the nurse, as she was dispatching the call into the operating room, her actual surgeon walked up to me and he's like, the surgery was a success. We had that one little issue, um, but we don't think it's anything serious. It was a success. She's now being um, awakened. The anesthesiologist is in there. As soon as she is coherent, you guys can go back and see her. And it was like a breath of fresh air because I felt like I had been holding my breath the entire time that we were at the hospital. So the surgery was a success. And I'm telling you all of this for a reason, y'all. Just stick with me. All of this is for a reason. The surgery was a success. The recovery was gruesome. Her pain levels could not be managed on morphine. Her pain could not be managed on... um, Jesus, what is the name of the other medicine they had her on? I can't even think of the name of it right now. Let's just say they had her on the strongest drugs and it wasn't even taking the edge off of her pain. I was awake for 40 plus hours. Because I was so scared to close my eyes because she was just, it was unbearable to see her. Like it broke my heart to see my child like that. And by like the 40th hour, I was delusional. I was erratic. I was like literally losing my mind slowly, minute by minute. And my husband said, go to sleep. I will make. I will stay up with her. I'll make sure she's okay. You have to go to sleep. You have to rest so that you can stay healthy and well, so that we can take care of her. And I crashed when I tell you I was knocked out. And when I woke up, I felt I felt refreshed, and I felt like okay, I can conquer this day. We can do this. We'll we're going to get her back on her feet. So recovery was a bit of a struggle. And it was difficult to watch my child be in so much pain and not being able to move her neck at all. She was unable to speak. Um, it was rough. So we were communicating literally with pen and pad. She had to write down anything that she needed to tell us because she literally could not speak to us. And your heart just breaks because, God, we were already experiencing so much. And now this is just another thing. And this is like a bigger thing. What What is this season about, God? What are you trying to show us in this season? So we are 13 days post-op, and we're on the other side of her recovery. She's on the mend. She's doing great. And um, I told you that entire story to pretty much get to this point. You are graced for this. I decided to name this episode that because a lot of times when we go through things in the beginning, it seems like it's impossible. And it seems like we will never come out on the other side. But you are graced for for this, God has already gone before us and made the crooked way straight. He already knew the health issues that we would experience the financial um, circumstances that we would find ourselves in he's he's aware of it all, and we've been graced for these type of seasons. The thing about the enemy is that it's never about what is attacked so Anyone who knows me knows that my children are my soft spot. Like, if you really want to get me worked up, then it mess with my kids. You you see a different side of me. I can go from Tamala Man, Take Me to the King, to Crime Mob, Nuck If You Buck, in about 10 seconds flat when it comes to my children. If you're not familiar with those songs, Google them. Google it's your best friend because that's literally my reaction to my children. I'm I'm like, no, no. I'm telling the enemy, I'm telling life, I'm telling sickness, I'm telling anxiety. You don't want no problems with me because you're not going to take my kids. You're not going to have my kids. I will fight you until my dying day. You're, you're not going to take my babies. Whatever it is, whatever that's coming up against them, I will, I will turn this a crime mob on you. And it's like, yo, square up. Because that's how, I don't know, passionate I am about making sure that the enemy doesn't take them out. So when I say it's never about what is attacked, I want us to really take a look at that. My child, okay, my health was being attacked. My peace of mind, my mental state was being attacked with my job. My husband's family suffered a great loss. So we have like emotional states being attacked uh, attacked there. And now my child has had a very serious surgery with a slight complication. It was never about my child, or the issue she was having with her throat. She was never what the enemy was attacking. When we experience seasons like this, this is the one thing that I want us to take away from this episode. It is to make you become distracted. I could have easily become distracted when I started not feeling well, when my job had me stressed out, when my husband lost his grandmother and when I got the shocking news about my daughter in this unexpected surgery, I could have become distracted from the call God has on my life. I could have been, become distracted from the kingdom work that needs to be done. I could have been distracted from still bringing you consistent um content on the podcast that really resonates with our hearts and our souls and our minds and our bodies I could have just said forget it all because I have these situations going on these situations need me and not the podcast these situations need me and not my job these situations need me and not my husband it's a distraction that is literally the one thing I wanted to take away from this episode Do not become distracted in this season. Things are going to happen. Things are going to rise up against you. Do not become distracted. That's what the enemy wants. It's to take your attention away from the things that matter. To make you get off your game so much so that you forget the call that's on your life. You are no longer pursuing God the way that you used to. You're not in your Bible. You're not going to church. You're not... Having you know worship time, you that's the that is literally like we always say the enemy's job is to still kill and destroy, and distraction plays a part in that trio. Distraction. So while I was going through all of this stuff, like y'all, season two was rough. I still did everything I needed to do. Now, I took my common sense with me and it may have taken me an extra day to get stuff done or things that were not important. Maybe got pushed to the end of the list, but things that needed my attention, things that were important, things that were priority, they got done. And this is okay. so. I was going through and not everyone knew I was going through, but this one particular young lady, she follows the podcast. I've known her most of her life. Um, I know her family. She messaged me that the Healing Girls series had really like blessed her, that she had called a therapist to set up an appointment, but she needed help with something else. And that was finding a new church home. She didn't know what I was going through. I could have just read her message and just disregarded it I could have just like girl I got stuff going on I don't have time but instead I told her to give me a day or two let me think about it let me ask around because she wanted a church in the area that she was in which is not the area that I'm currently in and so I think maybe two or three days went by and I, I hit her back with the church that you know was placed on my heart and she went and God met her there it was an encounter unlike any other encounter that she had ever had at church and when I think back to everything that I had going on in my personal life, what if I had disregarded that young lady? What if I had made my issues more important than her salvation? I didn't need any recognition from suggesting anything to her. God got the glory from that. So that's why I'm stressing, don't become distracted in this season. Whatever you do, keep your eyes on the call and the purpose that's on your life because things are going to happen. And when those things happen, it's not about what's happening. This is not about my daughter. This is not about my husband. This is not about my job. This is not about my health. This was about the enemy trying to knock me off my game and make me distracted. And I wasn't having it. I stayed focused. I took my common sense with me. I took my discerning spirit with me, but I stayed focused. That is literally the only thing that I want you to take away from this episode. Because I don't know what you're facing in this season, I don't know what storms are coming up against you right now. But do not become distracted. Do not become distracted. You know, we always do a segment in the episode that is called So I Saw a Meme. And when I saw this meme, I said, you know what? <laughs> Alright, God, I'm listening. I-, I hear you. I this is I I know this is what I need to do. The meme was so perfect for this episode, for the personal story that I've shared with you all for The fact that we cannot afford to become distracted in this season because God has great things in store for us. The meme read, there has never been a storm that didn't end. (sighs) Have you thought about it? There has never been a storm that didn't end. Oftentimes when we're in the middle of a storm, we just think everything is bad because it's raining and it's been raining for days and maybe for weeks and everything around us is flooding and everything is just bad. That's still a bad day. That's still a bad season. It's not a bad life. You still have a full life ahead of you. You're just experiencing a rough season, which is a small, a very small part of a great life. And oftentimes our rough seasons They last a little bit longer than what we would like for them to last. You know, we want a rough season to be like five minutes and it's over. It's done. It's going on about its business and we are moving forward. But it doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes our rough seasons are a week, a month. Honestly, sometimes our rough season can be a year. And you may feel like you are never going to come out of the season that you're in. Just one thing after another keeps happening. But you have to remind yourself. That there has never been a storm that didn't end. You know, I felt like Noah. I felt like it had been raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And I needed to be building an ark. Like, God, why you didn't tell me I needed an ark? Because you didn't tell me it was going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. I literally felt like that. But if God gets the glory at the end of this rough season... What more can I ask for? What more could I want than for him to get the glory through my situation, through my storm, through what I was going through, for someone else to be encouraged, for someone else to know that they can make it through because they saw that I made it through. For someone else to not become distracted in their rough season because of this episode. I I can't want for anything else. So just remember that there is not a storm that has never ended. There's there's not a storm that won't end in your life. You know, one of my favorite um, scriptures is in James. You know, when we are close to God, he is close to us. And you have to, you got to surrender it all. And you have to know who carries you through the storm. You know, so I feel like the perfect seed of intention, we plant a seed of lavender every week. Um, it's our seed of intention that we should be watering and nurturing from this episode until the next episode or for however long you feel that this particular thing needs to be nurtured in your life. And. When I was thinking over how rough the past few months of my life has been, I felt like the seed of intention that we need to bury and water and nurture this week is a seed of understanding. You are grace for this season. I know that for sure. But everyone else in your life may not understand what you're going through. And sometimes what we find is that people can just be really irrational with you when you're going through because they can't understand why you can't show up the way that you used to show up. And although we aren't becoming distracted in this season, I kept reiterating, take your common sense with you for a reason, because there are certain things when you're going through a rough season that you can no longer entertain. There are certain things that you can't be a part of. There are certain things that you can't show up to, you know, certain events that you can't go to. There are certain phone calls that you can't answer. You know, bad company corrupts good character. I'm going through. I don't need you on my phone with any drama. I don't need you on my phone talking about people. I'm sorry, I can't go to that event. I'm sorry that I didn't text you back right away because I'm going through. And sometimes people just don't get that. But you were grace for this season. And what I'm hoping for you in whatever season that you're walking through in your life is that the people in your life, the people who love you and care about you and want the best for you, that they would exercise more understanding with you. Help me. Don't. Don't hinder me, don't make things harder for me than what they already are. Help me understand that I am experiencing life-changing events. Understand that I'm going through a lot and I can't be 100% present for the things that I was present for prior to this season. We should just we should have more understanding for people just period as a whole because we are living in just different times, y'all. And a little bit of compassion and understanding and love goes a long way. It really does. So that's the seed that we're watering this week is understanding. Because I don't want anyone in my life that says, sis, I love you. But then get mad with me because I couldn't do what they wanted me to do when I'm experiencing one of the roughest seasons in my life. I don't want that type of energy around me. That type of energy is musty. It pollutes the planet. We already have enough going on with like global warming. We don't need any extra pollution, especially when it's unnecessary. Just, just be a little bit more understanding. Be a little bit more compassionate. Let's be better human beings. Let's show up as our best selves. Like often. I know we're going to miss the mark and we're not going to always get it right. But can we show up as our best selves as often as we can? Can we be better human beings? Our affirmation for this week, because we want to repeat this affirmation until we get it down in our spirit, until we believe it, until we speak that thing that is not as if it is. So, our affirmation for this week is literally the title of this episode I am grace for this. And you may have to insert something into that statement to make it yours. I am grace for this surgery. I'm graced for this job. I'm repeating that one multiple times today because I need to get it down in my spirit. So I'm repeating it until I believe it. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep repeating it until I believe it. I am graced for this challenge. I am graced for this family. I am graced for these financial challenges I'm experiencing. I am graced for this life. You are graced for this. If you were not graced for it, you wouldn't be going through it. God is Emmanuel. He is with us. He is God with us. You are not alone on your journey. You have a spiritual father that loves you beyond measure, who relentlessly pursues you. And you have a sisterhood of women who are going to show up for you in your time of need and extend an encouraging word. They're going to show up for you with a shoulder to lean on. They're going to show up for you with understanding and with compassion that you are experiencing a season. It's a bad season. It's a rough season. It is not a bad life. So typically I'm very private, but I wanted to share just very personal things about myself to show you that season two was a rough season for me. But I continued doing my work. I did not become distracted. And I continued pursuing the call that God has on my life. I hope that this episode was one that you feel that you can pull from when you need it. Because you may not be going through anything right now. But like my grandmother always said, keep living. As long as you keep laying down and waking up in the morning. Just keep on living. You know, you could be in a good season right now. But when things start getting a little rocky, I hope that this is an episode that you can go back and you can pull from. And that you can actually take the content with you until you end up on the other side of your rough season. I love you guys. I appreciate your support. We are in season three This season is all about really doing the work. Remember, we're going to have a flourishing girl fall. We have to do the work, guys. This season is all about doing the work. I'm not playing around this season with the work. We're going to get it done so that we can reap everything good that life has to offer for us. The harvest is plentiful. You know, just you got to get out there with the plow. You got to do the work. So I love you. I appreciate you and know that there is nowhere in life that you can go. The love and light won't find you. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. I'll see you in a week. In next week's episode, we have a great special guest. You don't want to miss it. I love you guys. Take care.